And they understood none of these things, and this word was hidden from them, and they understood not the things that were said. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear faithful, today's gospel presents us with two types of blindness. The physical blindness of the man restored to sight by our Savior, and the spiritual blindness blindness of the disciples who failed to see the sense of our Lord's words predicting his passion. The first physical blindness is an image of that lack of comprehension of the apostles. Now faith is to the soul what sight is to the body. Spiritual blindness is the privation of faith, just as bodily blindness is the lack of sight. Spiritual blindness, so prevalent today, manifests itself in a great many forms. In the mistaking of grave sins for trivial matters, showing outward piety at the same time neglecting one's duty, tepidity and indifference to the voice of God, placing more weight on private revelation, especially unapproved and dubious manifestations and ridiculous requests of these manifestations, than on divinely revealed truth of the gospel itself. Today, let us examine the causes and effects of spiritual blindness and the means to overcome it. Spiritual blindness finds its root in anything that tends to weaken the faith. By the frequent repetition of sin, man gradually becomes blind to the severity of his actions and slowly slips into depravity. As St. Thomas Aquinas says, this spiritual blindness is the movement of the human mind in cleaving to evil and turning away from divine light. Those who cleave to sin rather than the faith are eventually left to their own devices by God, cut off from all illumination from the divine. This is the ultimate punishment in this life. We see how disastrously it affected the Pharisees and the priestly class at the time of our Savior. This same blindness can affect us if we let our pride take the better of us. Pride darkens the mind and drives out God's light, and we know that God resists the proud but gives his grace to the lowly. Sins of lust also stifle supernatural light, as the guilty reject the spiritual in preference for corporal pleasure, sacrificing their souls to their bodies. St. Thomas tells us that when the lower parts are strongly moved towards their objects, the result is that the higher powers are hindered and disordered in their acts. Now the effect of the vice of lust is that the lower appetite, namely the concupiscible, is most vehemently intent on its object, to wit the object of pleasure, on account of the vehemence of this pleasure. Consequently, the higher powers, namely the reason and the will, are most grievously disordered by the sin of lust. A lack of that Christian charity extolled by St. Paul in today's epistle also slowly blinds the heart. Laziness, the love of ease, produces tepidity and indifference towards heavenly things that require effort and hard work. Attachment to riches and earthly things, so condemned by the preaching of our Lord in the Gospels, can easily destroy the faith in us. Working exclusively for the things that pass so engrosses one's energy that little or nothing can be done for those things which truly endure and are everlasting. 
This leads to the hardening of the heart against the wants of the poor and the needs of the church, thus blinding the intellect as to the true value of things. Certainly the devil is involved in all of this. The father of lies blinds souls as to their true and best interests, just as he tricked Adam and Eve in the garden. He spreads his reign of darkness by keeping sinners subject to himself through their passions. The great spiritual master, Father Lorenzo Scupoli, tells us, When the devil holds a man in the bondage of sin, his chief care is to blind his eyes ever more and more, and to avert from him everything that might lead to a knowledge of his most wretched condition. And not only does he, by instilling contrary thoughts, drive from him all reflections and inspirations which call him to conversion, but by affording him ready opportunities, he makes him fall into other and greater sins. Hence the thicker and darker waxes his blindness, the more desperate and habitual becomes his course of sin, and thus from blindness to an even deeper blindness, from sin to fouler sin, his wretched life will whirl on even unto death unless God, by his grace, should intervene to save him. The effects of this terrible spiritual ailment on a Christian lead the soul to fail to recognize the supernatural, the value of divine grace. He slowly abandons prayer and the frequentation of the sacraments, for he sees no point in them. Seeing no need to prepare for the future, he goes to his death, judgment, and sorry eternity without the necessary assistance that could have saved him from condemnation. In this life, he is most unhappy and reduced to begging, just as the blind man in today's gospel, seeking in creatures the satisfaction of his pride and bad desires. In order to be healed of such a serious ailment, such a one must employ those means taken by the blind man cured by our Lord today. Inquiry and search for the truth and knowledge of God are of the utmost importance. In today's gospel we read, But hearing a crowd passing by, he inquired what this might be. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. Certainly the blind man had heard of Jesus' reputation, his miracles, and his care for the poor and needy, that he was purported to be the Messiah. The knowledge of God spreads its light throughout the soul and radiates to the intellect and the will. It scatters illusions and falsehood. So there is always a need and a duty to seek the truth, to always learn more about Christ and our holy religion. In the midst of our difficulties, it would do us good to fervently cry out to heaven, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me, Lord, that I might see. Jesus is passing by now, just as then, and he may not pass by this way again. Take to heart the words that Holy Church will put on the lips of her ministers throughout the season of Lent and Passiontide. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Odie si vocem domini audieritis nolite obdurari corde vestra. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. This Holy Mass, this very sermon, is a moment of grace that may be availing to some struggling soul today. Let us examine ourselves seriously to see if we are affected by any illusions or blindness 
and take the means today, not tomorrow, not later, but today, to reject them. If we delay, this grace may be lost forever. Seek and beg always for the gift of faith, the spiritual light of the soul, so that by faith we may be saved. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.